Today we have uh, Patrick Sullivan here. He's a uh, fifth-year master's engineering uh, design student. Fifth-year because he did a year in industry. Um, he, in his spare time, he likes to play rugby, and also um, he's the editor for the student-led Bristol University newspaper, The Epigram. Is there anything you'd like to add to that, Patrick? Or well, I think you pretty much covered it there, Derek. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as well at university, you have a lot of chance to to do sort of campaigning, and I think sort of men's mental health is a is a key issue. I'm quite keen on, especially within engineering, and there's a lot to to go into there, and just making sure you live a a good life while at university as well. All right, cool. So yeah, um, let's just get straight into this. Um, so I'm just gonna you know take you back to when you were 16, 17, 18 years of, of age, and you were deciding your levels. Um, what subjects did you choose and why did you choose them? So the A-levels I did at AS, so year 12, I did maths, further maths, physics, uh, product design, and then English literature and language. So that was one A-level, the English. Uh, and I actually dropped the product design and kept on the English so for A2 levels. Um, and the reason I did that was because... I had an Arkwright scholarship at the age of 15. That was really good. I was the first person at my school to get that. Um, they nominated someone every year, and my design teacher put me forward for that. And that gave me a real insight into engineering, and a company sponsored me called the TTP Group. And obviously then I could really see that for an engineering degree, at that point for an engineering career, I needed my maths and my physics. I actually really loved maths. Maths at the time was my favourite subject. Um, so I did the further maths it made sense and product design again was one of my favourite subjects I wanted to do those four all the way through I was actually at a state school that couldn't offer those four subjects uh, which um, which one couldn't couldn't they offer? So it was just a timetable, so I couldn't oh, okay. do further maths and physics. Okay. Uh, oh no, further maths, physics, and product design—that was the three that were kind of clashing. Um, whereas at other schools, you could have a little bit more freedom with the timetable, and I think smaller groups. Um, but uh, what happened was because I got this Arkwright scholarship, and the school were, were quite proud of that, they wiggled round so. On my first day of, of sixth form, I got asked, what A-level do you want to do instead of product design? Because it was seen as the sort of non-essential one. And I was a bit sort of taken aback because I had not considered anything other than those four. Uh, I hadn't considered them at all. And in my year 11, I started to enjoy English a little bit more uh, just because my teacher was really good, Mr. Anderson. Uh, he ended up being my mentor for year 12 and 13. And um, I literally was like... Um, straight away you know I'll do English just I was put so much on the spot by my head of sixth form and he said what English because apparently he could do English language and literature there were two different things yeah yeah um and I was like, whatever Mr. Anderson teaches, and that, and that was it. When you were doing, when you were doing A levels, it's actually funny because you're doing really um, technical, you know, engineering based, STEM based, um, you know, subjects, and then you chose English as well. Yeah. So what was, you, so you chose it because you, you, the teacher was really nice. Yeah, thing. literally was the teacher was really good. Um, literally ended up being a, like a kind of kind of life icon he was he was such a good role model and he encouraged me to pursue a degree in engineering when I was oh, really? like yeah I was like I really enjoyed this writing thing and he was like oh don't do it engineering is a really good degree um <laughs> well, what, why, what was the reasons he gave even even though he was an English teacher what was the reason he, he gave so, so the reason he gave was um it was actually really good advice he said 
take the engineering degree and while you're at university explore the writing so I've been involved in, in quite a bit of drama while I've been here oh, in terms of writing for, for theatre um, not as much as a lot of people he gave me the advice that I could take the engineering degree come to an amazing university and try a load of things including writing so obviously newspaper a load of writing experience that I've done the, you know some of the amateur theatre stuff I've, I've still managed to do it and enjoy it this, this is a really interesting concept here this is this is um, this is a theme that I want to actually put forward in this series of podcasts uh, you know you were actually quite lucky in the fact that you got the teacher um, w- w- the teacher to like you know point you in that direction where you know doing a STEM subject it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're um, doing an engineer for example it doesn't necessarily mean you're like bound to that there's other things other opportunities that you can uh, you can still you know go towards and actually doing engineering may in fact actually help you towards yeah. that and vice versa um, yeah I was with uh, I had an interview for the Royal Academy of Engineering recently and I always thought it would be to my detriment that I did English that I you know have done epigram and theatre and whatnot. But more and more, the engineering world requires good communication. It requires good writing, and it requires personalities because it need it needs to be more present in everyday culture. And you know, everyone sees culture as being the arts, but uh, Tesla is such a big part of popular culture now. Like everyone knows what a Tesla is; it's an electric car. But did you know that BMW also do quite a good, good range of electric cars? No, because it's not quite part of the culture. Uh, and that that marriage is, is is really interesting. It's one of the things that that has allowed me to enjoy my degree is that I haven't lost that in my life. I've not sold my life to a computer, you know, or a lab coat. Uh, and that's been it's been a, been a really joy of my my university time. You know, one of the reasons uh, that we I think we became good friends was because I was really impressed uh, by all the things that you were doing, um, as well as engineering design. You know, all the different things. And like you, you got into that mindset and the mentality of just uh, you know learn new skills and throwing yourself out there into different things in, in, at a really young age. I only got into that mindset at, um, towards you know nearer the 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 end of my university career. Mm. But um, let's take a like a step uh, back and then yeah. um, go go into some of the, the questions that I've prepared here. Um, back to the engineering design. Uh, degree itself how come it's one of the more niche degrees uh, in fact I haven't even I didn't even hear about it until basically one of your mates who also does engineering design um, told me about it uh, what, what made you choose like what exactly how, how do you know you want to choose that as opposed to the other engineers for example mechanical yeah. or aerospace yeah so I applied for five degree courses via UCAS engineering design was one of them three were mechanical engineering courses and the final one was general engineering and um, at the time when you're 17, 18 I knew I wanted to do engineering I'd gone to all the open days and mechanical seemed the most general Um, but I I came through engineering from a product design route so I did have a look at product design engineering courses Loughborough has a really good one and they found that the, the sort of thing you balance when you look at those courses was that kind of graphical design is known as industrial design in, in, in industry um, versus like sort of more general systems engineering and like this idea of big projects and integrating stuff and, and doing a little bit of everything. And engineering designer here at Bristol is very much that latter option. And there's one, a, a design engineering at Imperial is very drawing based and artsy. They do it at the Royal College of Art. And if you love sketching, that's the course for you. But one of the best things I found when I came to the open day here at Bristol 
was when I looked at mechanical engineering next door to it was engineering design on the stands and there were again really passionate enthusiastic students who were talking about engineering disciplines across the range um, and, and you get the opportunity to specialize after first year so you do a really general technical engineering foundation and then you specialize and then you do every year you do these big wild design projects and that really appealed to me as someone who was good at maths and physics as someone who enjoyed product design and then who's someone who it's sort of like you said earlier wanted to throw themselves into all sorts of skills this course offers that and I ended up specializing in aerospace when I applied for free mechanical courses which gives you an idea of how many more options you get at the later yeah. stage the, the options um, scenario is, is, is very true um, just to add a bit of context I do aerospace engineering and um, so for us uh, the modules that we have um, in the first and second year is the exact same modules that mechanical engineers take and uh, towards third year and fourth year we get to specialize more and um, so, uh, but I guess the difference is for engineering design would be the amount of choice that you can get, yeah. which I was really surprised by when I, when I was talking to Patrick earlier. Um, you know, engineering design, you can actually, uh, there's a lot of choice in terms of you don't have to pick, um, you can describe it more, you don't even have to pick engineering based modules. True, yeah, yeah. So computer science, they include in a lot of the engineering modules, but you, you have your 120 credit units to play around with. And that concept is kind of weird coming from a school background. But um, you can you have choices that are kind of limited, but then once you choose your specialism, so for me, aerospace, I have to choose 50 credit points worth of aerospace. Then I have 40 credit points in my design project, which is a part of a group. It's two years long and it's really, really brilliant at spanning the range. And I actually have 20 credits, which I can either put back into engineering, pick more engineering units, or as I decided to do, I picked two cinema units uh, in my last two years. And it comes about, it, it takes your time. So you have your year in industry, and after that, you know whether you really want to be a hardcore technical engineer or whether you want to be a bit more broad range of skills, communication skills. And so I came back into it saying I wanted to do an essay-based subject, and I wasn't limited to engineering units. So I got to choose one from, in this case, modern languages. You know, you know actually, uh, looking, looking at you now, this makes perfect sense, the fact that you did engineering design and the fact that you, you, know, you had an interest for... Um, English language, English literature. Um, yeah, this, this seems like a really good choice for you. Yeah, looking, yeah. From, looking from the uh, the outside. There's a reason they put me on the open day stand. Like this is <laughs> the, the, different types of engineering will appeal to different students. And the best thing about engineering teams is when you have a group of people who are, all have different personalities and different disciplines. That's when you get the best product because it comes from a load of different brains. Um, and that's why that's why I'm really grateful to be on the course because everyone specialises and does lots of different types of units. Uh, whereas I feel on the more specific streams, you'll have you'll find your your people and you know you'll find people who love what you love, but it's very much more of a culture of you know yes 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 rather than a kind of dialogue of yes no maybe okay let's compromise, which I really love. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess for engineering design would be a lot, a lot more just different people, and then you have to work with different people. And then, like when when you have those different types of people in a team, it's it's a lot of times better rather than having just uh, you know a same mindset and same group of people. Yeah, the the design projects are a really good example of that. So my design project that I'm working with three others on is is all about airport systems, and we've we've narrowed down to looking at moving luggage 
So usually checking luggage at the airport, we're looking at moving that to either like on demand, like Uber pickup or like stalls that are like placed in locations where lots of people are traveling from as in their hometown in, in the city of Bristol. But then also another project this year going on is, is looking at a uh, wind turbine installation. So that's, that's something that is a more of a traditional aerospace project, but also got civil elements. So they've got aerospace and civil specialists working mm. on together. Mm. A, it can be as technical and as non-technical as as you'd like, but at, at the heart of it is this concept of multi, multidisciplinary. Um, and, and especially as a 17-year-old going into the world of engineering, I didn't understand what mechanical meant, and I didn't understand the disciplines. And now I have a quite a good understanding of, of multiple disciplines. Did you ever worry, um, you know, when you were 16 or 17, um, if, if I chose this like degree, if I w- or you know when you were gonna make the degree choice uh, and the university choice of engineering design, do you ever worry that uh, you know it's one of those this is like so niche that will I be like employable with this degree? You know, I've never heard of this. Yeah, degree. I think um, here at Bristol it's not been so much of a problem because the reputation of the course has become something else. Like it's it was number one in the in in the country on most degree tables in the last couple of years and it, it gets categorised in general engineering alongside Cambridge and Oxford so therefore it, those those fears were quelled with a quick check of the tables I see Bristol yeah. itself is an is a employable university as well you can you can just double check I say on the wider the wider branches I think um, when I looked at product design engineering at Loughborough I worried that I wouldn't be technically proficient but I think it's, it's kind of one of those boring things to look at but what institutions kind of accredit courses so they'll be chartered institutions and you can see on on a course what, what it's accredited by but engineering design is accredited by nine different institutions most courses are accredited by one or two um, mechanicals will always be accredited by IMECE aerospace the aeronautical society but as soon as you see an accreditation you have the trust that this course is is built for employability yeah there's there's like a stamp of, of approval from a third party source so if you guys are actually you know looking for different courses uh, whether it be anything aerospace mechanical it, be, it might be worth a worth a quick check online to, to see if if uh, you know it's accredited um i know when i personally was going to do aerospace uh, i originally wanted to go to imperial um and unfortunately i didn't get the interview but um at that time, I remember one of the lecturers there uh, saying uh, in the one of the interview events that um, the course is, was not at that time. It probably is, and this was four years ago. Uh, at that time, it wasn't accredited, but it was on its way to be accredited. That's probably red flags going in. They're really <laughs> like they're telling you what you want to get on a degree. To be honest, like uh, back then, I had no idea what the hell that meant. Uh, yeah. But you know, now I have more of an idea of what that what that actually means. But yeah, that's uh, it's important. It's important. Um, so, what, what would you say? How important is um, university selection um, in terms of? So, you said you did uh, look at the QS table and the rankings. Um, yeah. Can you describe more about that and uh, how important did you hold? For for me personally, I, I held the rankings um, very important because, uh, like, remember. So, I'm from Ireland. Uh, in Ireland, I only have to pay three thousand a year um, to go to one of the Northern Irish universities but i decided to you know go to a better university um the bristol but even though i had to pay um three times as much and nine thousand pound a year um so like for me you could say that it held a really uh, high importance picking um 
a university that's uh, just a, you know better in many regards. What, yeah. what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Especially if you, if you're an aspirational teenager, you want to be the best, and you're kind of constantly in competition with everyone around you. And that's how I felt. I felt if I'd got my best best place, then it would be it would it would be the best path. Um, so I applied for Cambridge. I didn't get an interview there. Um, I actually wasn't disappointed about that. I didn't really fancy it a general course, even though yeah. engineering design is classified as that. It, it felt more constructed um, at the same time. Year in industry was a big thing as well. Um, but actually, I remember visiting friends at Oxford University, which ranks lower for engineering, but obviously yes. very similar to Cambridge. Yeah. I wish I applied for that. You can only apply for one Oxbridge. I wish I applied for Oxford or Cambridge, mm. purely because I was pushing myself for competitive unis. But actually, all of the top 10, 15 for engineering will give you a very good education and there'll be slight differences yeah. which you might respond well to but I remember going to the Oxford environment and really enjoying the colleges talked to an engineer and it sounded like a quite like a better course for me than the Cambridge one so that was that was a regret I mean Bristol ranks high and the engineering design course really suits me so I'm really happy with my choice but I look back and I, I do wonder if because I, I was focused I was top 10 only top 10 only um, I think the lowest ranking one I picked was Nottingham about, at the time was about 8th um, but actually the more I've known engineers from a wide range so I know a few from Swansea University who have had brilliant education brilliant placements and a great time by the seaside I think looking at the specifics of the course, the choices you have and that NSS feedback for kind of experience and satisfaction is a more holistic way of looking at it and the best thing to do is go on an open day I think that was that was the seller for me at Bristol. Oh, yeah. when I actually I came here and I met someone from engineering design. Mm. That was the selling point for me because, as you said, like I'm, I feel right for the course, and I met that person, yeah. and I felt like they were more like me than some of the other engineers I met. So I know Patrick has done uh, a placement year. I think it's really interesting. Um, so, so he's in his fifth year now. God damn. Yeah, I'm an old boy. <laughs> he's, an old, he's an old man. Um, so yeah, how come? Why? How did you know that you wanted to do a placement year when you first like joined that degree? Yeah, so it's probably one of the the best things that happened to me in terms of engineering was the as I mentioned earlier, the Arkwright scholarship. It gave me three weeks of paid placement experience. My brother's on that, by the way. Oh yeah, honestly, so good for him. I've, I mentored a couple of of teenagers on it. I I meant to sign up this year, but DBS are paying in the butt. So. Yeah, um, yeah. There's loads of steps to get to to, to help out with it, but it is a really good scheme, and I, I got three paid weeks of placement and a lot of interaction with actual engineers, and it just it is so different studying engineering to working in engineering. You kind of oh, need yeah. to, yeah. I remember the first that t- time at TTP, uh, my supervisor was like, "I use about two percent of my degree, but I needed to know that two percent, and I didn't know which two percent I'd need to know." Yeah. Uh, and it will vary for people. That was obviously it was a off the cuff figure that he pulled yeah, out yeah. for that for that funny quote. Um, but it did stick with me at the age of seventeen. Like I need to know what the workplace is like. Um, and it is just engineering design pushes it hard. It was the course I wanted to do more for the design projects than anything. And after my first year, we had twelve week placement. The interviews were all arranged at university. Uh, I ended up at a company called Zodiac Six UK. I went back there for my year placement. Um, and it was really, I mean, I loved it. It was, I was working on aircraft seating. I got paid. I had a nice routine. 
Um, and after second year, I found a really, really tough university. Uh, I failed a few things. I had to reset exams. I got far too distracted by other projects. Um, this, this, I feel like, yeah, this is good to, for you to say it because, um, right, you know, you seem really switched on, like from a really young age. Like, and I think some of the listeners might be alienated by that because, like, I, for sure, I know I wasn't really that switched on. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's not like. It's not like uh, Patrick is like a genius, and you know he's always far from he, it. Man. <laughs> far from it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some geniuses in our degree, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but you know, um, here and all this, uh, we want to be as relatable as possible. Uh, so you know, mm. we we do go through some hard times as well. So yeah, definitely. Acad, ac- no, academically, like even during A levels, like I remember failing a mock for the maths exam uh, because probably I was getting too distracted by a couple of other things outside of the course um, not going to go into them you all know what they are um, and um, girls <laughs> a, a little bit uh, and, and starting to get into like you know friendships and socialising yeah. and you know um, as soon as you get that that you know 18 ID you, you, you're into a whole new world on the uh, drink <laughs> yeah and yeah. And, um, and my teacher was really good she, she put me in a lunchtime class and that was really important to you know, bring me back into gear you, you don't quite get that at university as much especially on a big course engineering design is really good because it's a smaller course but I had units where there were hundreds of people and so you can get lost in that and when you've got other distractions it's it's really easy to steer off that um, and and academically you again are put into a pool of people who are all really really strong so yeah. suddenly you, you, you're going to have to fight to get towards the top yeah, and that's, fight just to survive in the middle yeah. Um, sure. and you feel always like you're drifting off yeah I think this is an interesting concept like uh, point of view um, phenomena that you see when you when you go into a good university mm-hmm. uh, really you it's know, like big fish small pool and exactly. then you know big pond small fish isn't it exactly and then it's like you, you know because you, you're coming you're probably coming from uh, you know the top being top of class in your small school and it's just when you first like Realize this; uh, it can be a big knock-on and affect your like ego. Yeah, but you can have to deal with it. And support network as well. Like if you, if you, as I said, I failed that mock, and my teacher was hot on me. My friends were like, "Patrick, what the hell, man!" Like, yeah, yeah. you know, they're expecting you comparing like ninety percent, eighty percent, you know, maybe seventy sure. percent. But like, suddenly at university, you could I failed stuff like nobody knew. No, you know, nobody really knew. So suddenly you're kind of like just fading into the background. It's really, yeah. it's quite scary. So I think the way to, to get over that is to just engage with your staff here, you know, engage with the subject. And, and going back, really big tangent, but for me, my placement year put me back on the path to a good degree grade. You know, it really did because suddenly I had a supervisor. I had like a set time where I needed to be in the office. I had a support network Routine. of engineers who were very inspirational really really good to work with and who taught me a lot firsthand. whereas at university as I say you can kind of fade into the background that's really awesome you can sort of let yourself down it's all on you to push and push and push but having some work experience is real first hand experience that makes you a, a better engineer so that when you come back to university um, you feel more able to follow up these questions you have a good ground in and that's why I would I I had obviously the experience pre-university three weeks at TTP and I'd advise that for everyone 
because they didn't lease. Well, no, it's hard. In the end, what TCP was? So TCP was a company that sponsored oh, okay. me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and they gave me three weeks paid work experience. Uh, it's hard to get paid work experience pre eighteen, but certainly, like if you have a firm somewhere near you, send an email and say, "Can I come in for a week and shadow an engineer?" Will give you good confidence that you know what engineering is when these questions start coming up. Because it's very, it's really theoretical, isn't it? Like the, the lectures we have, they're drawing oh, yeah. blackboards and whiteboards, yeah, and yeah. it's hard to relate that to real world examples. Yeah, it's, it's very different. The following on from your comment that you mentioned, yeah, what you learn in engineering in, in your degree is very different to what you actually do in work, and um, yeah, uh, it's actually quite important to try and get some experience. Um, like when you're even when you're 15, 16, just shadowing. To be honest, like so, it can be really boring because a lot of the time um, you're just gonna be sitting there behind the engineer, um, just like looking at what he's doing, and you know nothing he does will make any sense, and you're not gonna really because you don't if you don't understand the concept, you're not gonna really know what he's doing, and, and that's gonna be just boring. But but it's very important to get that kind of experience because um, then that provides concept as you uh, context as you grow and mature uh, throughout your degree and you finally you know things just start clicking um, and so yeah as Patrick was mentioned I think it's really important to um, get some experience but I don't know about I don't know about a year though uh, I yeah. Like yeah yeah it was a, it was a long time and I missed I came back to. So I was living in South Wales. I came back to Bristol a lot, like quite a few weekends, because you do miss the student lifestyle. You forget that, you're like, I was 21 for most of my year. You forget you're 21 sometimes because I was working with, like, 40-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, completely people with families and stuff. And you can't exactly say, like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm doing this at the weekend. Do you want to join? Suddenly your best friends are, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, a range of, of 30 to 50, 60-year-old men and women who all have, you know, developed serious adult lives it's very yeah this is a really interesting point I think um, our listeners can get a lot of value from this Um, so you know when you exit out of your school uh, stage I think I think you know it'd be a really good idea to actually try and get a wide variety of friends yeah Uh, people who are really older you know a lot older than you people who are you know in their um, 20s uh, and just try to like increase your network. Um, you know, the university is a great place to do that. Uh, I know, like for myself, like I didn't, I didn't interact with my lecturers, talk to my lecturers, or do even PhD students or anything like that. Um, in my first or second year, it was only later on I realized, you know, this is a really good, valuable um, thing to do because it allows you to get insight and allows you to get knowledge um, that you may or may not end up using. But it's like it's just good, you know, and it's good to cultivate that social skill, especially yeah. you know if you're. Uh, in one of the more technical subjects like engineering, where um, these communication and leadership skills are really inv- you know valuable, because um, you find a lot of people. Uh, this is a common theme. You know, um, you know, they might be very technical. They might be very very smart uh, in grasping some, you know, some theoretical knowledge. But in terms of social skills, they have uh, very poor social skills. Um, and you know, actually, one of my one of our listeners. Or not one of my lips, what I'm on about. Uh, one of my my brother has actually um, has asked me to uh, ask someone this question here: Is there actually any way to improve uh, my leadership skills and communication skills? Um, I start with uh, the university in, in the university scenario, and then let's also talk about like school scenario as well. Yeah, um, God. So like leadership is is always a funny concept. Um, it kind of 
gets thrown about and thrust on people. For me, it's just about putting yourself out there, working hard, and trying to create situations for yourself and see, obviously, others will follow. But there is leadership in terms of independent work, in terms of leading yourself. And, and that, for me, putting your front foot forward because communication, that's really tangible as a skill. Leadership is not. So communication skill is working in teams, uh, finding any any project that you're interested in and, and then you know communicating it outwardly and inwardly. That's really tangible and that's just practicing that. But leadership is, is less tangible. I think it is just about stepping out and doing something slightly different. So in university, if you're an engineer and you're, you're ace in your course, great, bravo. But what else are you doing? What's different? What's going to set you apart? That is leadership skills. If you can step out and lead a project or if you find a, a sports team and, and gravitate towards a leadership position purely through commitment and hard work, that will happen. And, and, and putting yourself into projects um, where you will end up in a leadership position because you've created them is the easiest way to improve leadership skills. That's quite easy at university. At school, it can be quite hard because it's quite a structured day. Um, and so for me, activities, sports, extracurricular stuff um, are the best ways to do that. Uh, and then also, yeah, organising something, anything, an event, um, an event for engineers or people who are interested in engineering at your school to go to a company you can organize that for a few emails um, but that demonstrates a desire to lead which at the age of 16 17 is is a huge step it's not normal so that would be be i think the answer answer to that question i think, I think for, for me if i was answer this question for my brother um, or anyone you know anyone else who's really curious about this it would be to try and like tell yourself okay, you know, this is something that I, I do want to actually improve my communication skills and also my leadership skills. And the best way to do it is by trial and error. you, you mm. got to, like, just get into, like, just try and get it into the, just those positions. Sometimes you just, you know, opportunities, you know, especially in university, I know it's not like that in the school, but opportunity comes along a lot in um, in, in university. And it can be just through simple things, um, like, like an email, like you get so many emails in uni and most of the time I didn't even, you know, back in first and second year, I didn't even read it. I just, I just deleted it because it's like, I can't be asked. But if you actually take a, you know, a bit, a bit of time and actually read it and maybe, you know, sign up for some of these things, uh, sign up for some societies, um, j- just, you know, when a position comes available, like not having your knee-jerk reaction to be saying, no, I don't have time for that. But really, just thinking, thinking about you know, you know, you know what this this might seem like a good opportunity. I might just have a try and and just, just not being afraid to just throw yourself uh, out in there. Um, it's such a good mindset to have and to be able to like try and cultivate these um, the skills. And as Patrick was mentioning earlier, um, you know, you can ace your degree. Um, you can get like a I don't know, top of the class, top of the cohort, and get a first. But a lot of the times. Companies look for different things. Like one, through my experience, like I find that you know, getting a first or two one, it doesn't really matter that much, um, as long as you have you know one of those two things. And then, you know, um, once you have that, it's, it's like what else do you have um, going for you? You know, are you uh, part of any society? Um, have you done like a cool project outside of university and things like that? That actually really. Uh, these are the things that employers are really looking for um, 
I think it Brilliant. echoes the personal statement as well. Like a lot, of, a lot of you might be at the point where you're starting writing your personal statement, and when you when you start writing it, you've still got loads of time. There's still a few months before you end up submitting. Uh, if your school are doing anything right, if you're at that point where you're like, I'm about to submit and I haven't started, you need to talk to your school because they're doing something wrong, right? Okay, you need you need time because if you start writing it and you see, I haven't you think I haven't got that much to write. I'm doing well in my grades, um, but I haven't got that much to write. That is that is your first point for self-reflection and go, okay, I need to actually seek opportunities, make the most of opportunities, and then if you are if you are looking to improve leadership skills, create opportunities. And that's a really good point. At, at 16, 17, that happens, and then you have the same kind of crisis in a university. Like, am I creating enough opportunity? Am I making the most? Because you think about employment, but it, it happens at personal statement level. Like, and I think it's important not just to whack down anything. It's actually at that point when you're starting. Like, well, what what would I like to see on this piece of paper? What would I like to fill my personal statement with? And then following those opportunities up there. And if if you don't think they exist, so create them or ask the right questions. Asking questions, is it possible for me to do something like this? And if you ask enough people, hopefully someone will have a, a positive answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think that was a good um, good place to end this podcast. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value. Uh, hopefully, there was a lot of value being uh, transferred onto you guys listening. 